da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Yo, man, fam. It is your boy, Richard here. I'm here with my main man. Ahmad Rashad style, as always. Brian Gill. I'm wearing a my main man. I'm wearing a dangly What's earring. Up, man? How are you? Uh <laughs> yeah, you're basically very comfortable sweaters, <laughs> both of us. No, you're a summer sandwich, bro. Don't forget it. Um <laughs> How are you, man? Thank God. How are you? I'm good. I am I am good. Summer Sanders. Haven't thought about her. In a while. In ten, was there ten, anyone our age who didn't have a huge crush? <laughs> no, we all, Sanders? we all did. We all did. We all did. Man, she was the best. She was. And get, I assume she still is, though. We shouldn't go past tense. I'm sure she's still sure. lovely and talented, and I don't know what she's up to, but I hope she's successful at it because she seemed like a, a great human. Hey, uh, we are Sans Kent tonight, so it's going to be wheels off, folks. Buckle up. Uh, Kent has been out of town, and then he's going out of town again in the next few days, so he couldn't get to Tomb Raider. We apologize. But counterpoint, Brian, uh, mm. Raw Monday Night Raw was in town last night, and <laughs> Tuesday Night SmackDown is in town as we record this. So I'm thinking he's playing uh-huh. hooky, right? Yeah, I don't I, I don't think he I think he probably saw Tomb Raider four times. He just wanted to go see Yeah, John Cena. Some wrestling. Yeah. He's gotta go some see wrestling. He's gotta go yeah. see you can't see John Cena. Come on. Yeah, you know that's that. true. I, I know that. <laughs> that's true. I know nothing about that. Wow, this. great point. You can't see him. You're right. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> so it's just the two of us tonight. We are going to have a guest later on for the review, but we're going to break down some movie news for you starting about right. Wait for it now. Now. Boom. So Brian, I'm going to throw it over to you at the new, at the Mad about the official mm-hmm. Mad about movies mm-hmm. news desk. Um, yes. I'm going to shuffle some papers. We have one of those logos. You're very ruffled. <laughs> We're tossing a football to each other and, and laughing. Yeah. Someone runs uh, up with a VHS kids... tape and slams it in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, kids will never experience the local news shenanigans on the extended promos like we had when we were when we were young. So like I, my kid, will never have that. They still have like the occasional check out what Daybreak on ABC <laughs> has, to, but it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah, no, totally. It is. Uh, it I there's now when you watch those like Good Morning Texas, like those shows that are on mm-hmm. after Good Morning America, those like local quasi kind of news shows. Uh, they're like straight up infomercials. They just have people right. come yeah. on that are like opening a new restaurant and plug it for forty five. It's like anyone can plug for five minutes, but the the like mm. minute twenty seven it becomes a little uncomfortable for even yeah. that person. They're like, what am, mm. what am I still doing here? This yeah. is uncomfortable. But, I, I uh, by the way, I paid for us to be able to do that next week. So get ready, we're gonna need ninety minutes. Uh, plug awesome. about movies podcast. Awesome, that sounds great. Well, shout out Alex Economos, we're coming. <laughs> Um, so we are here to talk movie news. It is that kind of dry season. We're prepping for summer. Mm. Um, we've got, we've got a big old fat Marvel movie coming up with a new trailer. Uh, we've got a little, what? Unaware. Oh, I didn't tell you. No, it's, uh, I'm sorry. I should have. It's, uh, (laughs) it's Howard the Duck. Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. With no irony. Super mm, serious, yeah. yeah, very sexual as well. Hyper sexual, more, more so yeah. than before, <laughs> yeah. even. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Leah Thompson's back, <laughs> um, but everything else is new. 
and Gerard Butler is Howard the Duck. Ah. So you know it's good. No, now we're talking. <laughs> it's roguish with that accent. <laughs> um, no, we're, we've got all kinds of little kind of like medium news for you guys tonight, but nothing too world-breaking. But I think Brian and I can break it down and make it interesting mm. for you. So, Brian, I'm going to throw it over to you at the news desk once again and uh, bring that heat. Bring that mad about what we're known for, that mad about movies, that ma'am news. Mm. Mm. Let's go. Uh, let's go. Smallest news entry to biggest here. If you, that's will. how I like to work. Uh, yeah. So Steven Spielberg. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a director, he, a filmmaker. He, uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. He's the. Yeah. He's he. 1941. Okay. 1941 and AI. Yeah. Right. And then the terminal. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No. That's the three biggest things. I think done. the three only yes. thing he only he takes like 20 years off between movies. <laughs> yeah. Not prolific. At all, uh, Steven Spielberg. He's will the be guy from Laser Cats, Indiana right? Jones. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How great would it be to go up to him and just <laughs> drop that? Oh, that would be, that's like a dream. Okay. Uh, Indiana What's Jones. Up, Kibasabi? We'll be recording. Recording. We'll be filming next year. I talked over you, Somewhere. so say that again. Somewhere. Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones Five. five. Ooh. Uh, I don't know how they get to five because there's yeah, it's one, two, three, movie. and five. That's weird. weird that there's not a maybe fourth. they just counted ten ten as the fourth one. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but serious yeah, question it's, it's for you, next year. Uh, comrade. Um, obviously, we don't acknowledge Crystal Skull, <laughs> right? But so the the plan was that uh, Peter Jackson would do one ten ten flick and Spielberg would do the other. That did yeah. that happen, or was there just no. one? I'm not crazy, right? There was only one, right? There's only one, and there's it's it's even been a while since I have heard of the uh, the sequel being a a thing. Okay, like for for a long time, it was like yeah, that's gonna probably be my next because it was project. gonna be back to back years at not. some point. Yeah, remember? Uh-huh. yeah, I remember. It didn't make a lot of money. It didn't make any money here. Yeah, it made all of its money overseas. Sure, where it's a thing as you might have expected. You're right, exactly. But but uh, yeah, it was uh, he ended up. Pro- Peter Jackson produced that movie, and I think I think you're right. I feel like it was supposed to be the, like the the reverse of it second time around. Like yeah. Spielberg would, would produce and and he would direct, but uh, it has not happened. And it's been it's been a very long time since I've even heard um, that that was a a thing. So it maybe it may be just gone. I don't know. I don't know. I don't mind Ten Ten. By the way, since we're talking Spielberg for just one second, let me do a shameless plug for my Mad About Spielberg. Uh, blog series yeah com. i'm going through uh, steven spielberg if this is the first time you're listening to us you've been just searching for all tomb raider reviews as one does uh i'm steven spielberg he's pissed that we're not pew pew die die doing the game though (laughs) or whatever pew pew die i don't know (laughs) he's a big fan of gamer reviews (laughs) yeah yeah what's happening um yeah, I'm I'm going through I went through I watched all 31 Spielberg films over the last few weeks and I've been going through and slowly and ranking them in preparation for Ready Player One. So check out the blog there and I've got uh the third part coming later this week. Um, nice. and then we'll finish it up. Finish it up next week. But yeah, I I've I've enjoyed it. it. I've read it. I have I have not texted you this. I normally Yeah. Well, you're, I don't expect you to read it. You know, I did I though. I read. I read. You know what, man? I'm just going to be nice here <laughs> for reasons unknown. I'm a big fan of Brian Gill as a writer, and I read all your stuff. And I, I, uh, I really, I've enjoyed the blog thus far, and I'm excited for more. Seriously, I'm, I'm very uncomfortable. You like, should oh, be. We're not ever. <laughs> you should be each other. Uh, just so you know. Also, <laughs> yeah. just like parenthetically to uh-huh. that comment, uh-huh. I'm shirtless. Right. 
So anyway, <laughs> well, me too, buddy. Wow, yeah, uh, two sides. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I like Tintin. I, I super don't like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That's by far the worst Spielberg. Movie. It's not even. It's mm, not even remotely close. It's yeah, class all its own. Yeah, it is. But, it is. Uh, but it's it's seventy seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. People people were just like, so critics, excited. I bet bro. critics would so love to go back and take those away. I bet every day there's a critic who like emails Rotten Tomatoes like, hey, can you just can you nix that review? Can we take yeah. that one off? I don't. I don't want to be someone who has given that a positive. But review. But it's kind of like we movie. we talked about this a little bit with Wrinkle in Time, where you're just rooting for it so hard to be good, uh-huh, and that sure. when it's not, you have this sort of hedged review that ends up being positive on aggregators. Right. So you're like, yeah. everyone in it was great, and I love that they made it, and I love the people behind it. I did not care for the plot. The actors, <laughs> the script, or the direction, but I like all the people who perform those roles. And then it's yeah. like, how does an aggregator yeah. <laughs> like? Right? How do right. they do that? Give it a B minus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Terrible. So it's like Terrible when you're all movie. rooting for something, when everything has all the goodwill yeah. of the world yeah. behind it, like an Indiana Jones movie or Wrinkle in Time, we talked about. It's a very hard thing to aggregate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. And then an the inverse of that, when no one wants something. And and then it ends up being kind of meh or even decent to good. That mm-hmm. has the inverse problem. We will talk about that. That's a yeah, little tease that might come up later <laughs> that might in the come show. Up later in the yeah. show. Good segue there, Thank buddy. You. Good segue. Uh, Professional newsman right there. Toss me the football. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, okay, I'm, we're going to move on right quickly on. to the next piece of news because we haven't really talked about this, and it is a huge thing that I I kind of feel like has kind of flown under our radar, but even the movie rumors rumblings yeah. network of of stuff uh so bond the 25th bond film is coming in <laughs> yes the, the final 20, i think it's slated for 2019 mm-hmm. i think and it's uh officially daniel craig's back yes right like that's an official yep. thing this so is, for the last the time though also official i think yeah. or quasi official. right yeah but i think he's michael baying it yeah just quits every yeah, time and it's like and, said it's it's officially his third last bond film for, uh, on, the um, on the record, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Danny Boyle is is directing. So yeah. and this will begin shooting later this year. Daniel Craig, Danny Boyle, Bond twenty five. It doesn't have a title. We don't know anything else about it. They never do until. But uh, it'll be called. But like, that's that's what we're getting. Are you excited for for Danny Boyle directing? Yeah, a, I'm fine with that. Uh, I think that's he's you know he's an English guy. I always am. It's mm-hmm. always cool when English directors of that kind of stature make a Bond film. Um, I liked it. I, I, you know, I'm one of the few that was like, I thought Steve Jobs was f- a good movie. Like, I, you know, I don't, uh, yeah, I'm not same. a Danny Boyle. Uh, if you were to say, Richard, um, I need you to name your, you know, 15 greatest directors. Uh, would he be in there? Not at all. But sure. whenever the Danny Boyle would be coming out, he never, I never turned my nose up to it. I think he's a really competent, uh, mm-hmm. I, and honestly, even more than Sam Mendes, those Sam Mendes made, I think, the great one of, if not the great modern Bond film. He also yeah. made kind of a crappy Bond after that. And mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he's kind of a – Sam Mendes is a very hit or miss director. I just – I would be shocked if this was really bad. That's like the Dan, – yeah. that's the Danny Boyle skill, right? He's like – Mm-hmm, he's like mm-hmm. the Portland Trailblazers. Like he's going to be a five seed <laughs> to seven seed. I mean this year they're better, but it's like – more right. years than not, he's going to get to the playoffs in the middle of it. He's probably going to lose in the second round, and that's fine. Like you're just, you know, mm-hmm. but he's mm-hmm. very rarely going to be the worst team in the league. 
And so yeah. it makes me excited because Bond's awesome. And so like now I'm very sure that this is going to be a competent Bond film. It may be great, but I'd be pretty shocked if it was terrible. And so yeah. I'm excited because of that. Like I'm it feels uh it feels legitimate. What about you? Yeah, I'm in that same boat. Like he's not a uh He's not a name that gets me jazzed, and then I look at his IMDb or his, you know his resume. I'm like, man, he's he's outside of the of two train spotting movies that I super don't like, and the beach. I didn't see the second train spotting, but I didn't care for yeah. But the but first one. but to be I said, a just, lot of but people it was do. fine. It was but yeah, you know, yeah totally, absolutely, absolutely, really yeah. big movie. It's, it's not right. It's not. For, I, it's I'm, I, I ride for, for the beach, dude. <laughs> I haven't seen the beach in a really long time. You should see the beach again. I did not like the beach at all. You should see the beach. You're not going to love it again. Or whatever. You're not going to yeah. love it at all. The second time. I think time. that's like a really dark period for Leo. It's fun. Oh, it it's is. fun to go back and look at that now. Because that was like, that that almost threw his career into yeah. just a That's what people don't abyss. realize about, uh, you know, we all talk about that. Oh, three, I think it was. Maybe oh, two. Oh, two. Catch Me If You Can and uh, Gangs in New York, but in those mm-hmm, are two. Mm-hmm. Those are the same year, right, Leo? Yeah. But like people also don't realize, kind of a comeback year. He hadn't really done anything since mm-hmm, Titanic. Mm-hmm. He had done a few things, but nothing had really connected. And he was kind of getting the buzz of like, what, where's Leo at? Because it had been five years. Yeah. It'd be like t- if Timothy Chamolet just disappeared for five years. Uh-huh. And then we're yeah, all like, definitely. that guy was cool. What happened to him? And then he was like, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, a man. He's like 23 years old. He was a man and he does, you know, two great classic films. Uh, that's kind of, that part is underreported on the Leo thing. People kind of sure. forget that he was off the scene for a while. Uh, but he did the beach kind of in the meantime. It's, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, I promise you, dude, it's not as bad as you think. It's not a great movie, but uh, it's a solid C plus. Okay. I would say. Fair. Very fair. I remember when I was, uh, man in the iron mask, too, a, right? Is that the other one? Yeah. That, strong. That, yeah. That was, yeah. That was right after Titanic. What a follow up! Um, I I had a I think I've talked about this guy on the show before, but my freshman year in college, there was a guy who lived across the hall from me who uh, was was it the Unabomber? Like, like one of the worst humans I've ever. Like, I just aggressive. Like, I I I hate very few people, and I I aggressive. Just can't. That's why he's not on him. the show. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just a terrible blob of a human being, and but he had, I. I'd have to. I think he had seven DVDs in his collection, and they were all. It was like Captain Carilli's Mandolin or whatever that oh, yeah, Cage movie dude. was. Yeah, just like what a what a bro move that was. Uh, and and the beach was one of them. And I cycled through his entire collection, and I was just like, I I hate this guy even more because all these movies are freaking terrible. But anyway, we. I, uh, I think. I never think of I'm I'm right with you. I never think of Danny Boyle as like a really good to great director. And then you look at his resume, mm-hmm. like that gum. He's he's got some really solid films. But I, I think you're right. I, I'm I'm excited about the prospect of uh, of some new blood in there. I think that is part of what potentially makes the Bond franchise fun and and kind of tick is having uh you know new people cycle in and and if you're not going to have a new Bond. Uh, then let's get let's get some new new direction and 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 kind of see what uh, what a new voice can yeah. can bring out of that. So I don't think anyone. I, I'm with I, think you. I like two, Daniel Craig. Two Bonds is tough. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. I think it's hard on on the Bond in some ways too. But um, totally. I I really like Daniel Craig as Daniel Bond. I really James did Bond. Not it's like actually him. not Daniel. What Bond. I say, Daniel Bond. Dang. Uh, 
I didn't like brother. him, Inspector. <laughs> he's just lesser. You know, <laughs> just, mm, kind of a drunkard, but um, I didn't like him, Inspector, because he was so checked out, as was most of that movie. Uh, it's but, so weird, though. It is weird. It's kind of like, again, use the sports analogy, but it's like, you know, a lot of times when teams win a title, which I consider Skyfall a title. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's the best Bond movie. I like. I will if if you won't say it, I will. I yeah. I, all the other ones, gold, all those Goldfinger and uh, yeah, whatever the other one is that always gets held up is like no. Th- they're great. They're all great. Skyfall is the best Bond movie. It's incredible, and it's the best, maybe the best movie on mute of all time. But I think Blade mm. Runner twenty forty nine may compete. Both Roger Deakins, sure. sure. But yeah, uh, just Deacon. like to have on at a party at your house on mute is just like you can't beat Skyfall. <laughs> um. <laughs> But yeah, it is weird. Like normally if you come back off a title, maybe you don't win the title the next year, but you like, it's very rarely that you're just, you don't make the playoffs. Right. And that's yeah. what Spectre is. It's just like such mm-hmm. a, dis- I want, I, I, I watched, tried to watch it again a few months ago and couldn't even get through 30 minutes. It's yeah. just so, uh, opening scene's cool. But then other mm-hmm. than that, it's just like, so you're right. Everyone seems like they're so depressed and phoning it in and it's. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's rather sad because it's they're like three years off a of, or two years off a of really great incredible incredible yeah. thing, yeah. and it's like I get if they can't get to that height again, but you <laughs> think on <laughs> even on autopilot they could get to eighty percent of it, and they get to sure. like it'd be like if the Golden State Warriors were healthy all year this year and went like twenty and sixty five. It's like. <laughs> That's weird. What's happening? (laughs) What happened? Why are they all just like moping around the court? Sad. (laughs) Sam Mendes made them all watch Revolutionary Road between (laughs) filming Skyfall Inspector and like, oh gosh, this is what we're doing. Uh, He did. Yeah. yeah, No, it was a lot of it was a lot of Jarhead. Threw a lot of Jarhead (laughs) at him. God, I hate Jarhead. Oh man. Okay. All right. Last thing. Yeah. And and well, actually, it's two parts. And I'll 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 segue. I'm gonna newsman it from one to the next. God, you're, you're basic. You're just Jake Tappering all over it, all <laughs> over the place right now. I'm so excited. Justice oh, League no. is officially the lowest grossing film of the DC Extended Universe. That's what you want, though, right? Because it was kind of like yeah, an offshoot. Were- yeah. I had yeah, I had not of heard of any properties. of the characters. It's basically Ant Man. Their their version of Ant Man. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's great. Yeah, I saw that. Uh I got a great uh text to me today from friend of the show Matt Fry. Uh we'll throw a shout out to Matt. He texted me, and all of you can text me at uh none of your business. But he uh, this little meme is that from Geek Facts, which is a website that I'll never go to, but he sent me this thing called <laughs> Geek Facts said Justice League completed its domestic run at the box office, domestic, with $299 million, I assume. It managed to surpass Will Smith's drunk, homeless, and unknown superhero Hancock by just $8 million <laughs> when adjusted for inflation. Gosh, yeah. Yeah. That's what you want. Domestic, with your huge, 657 look, worldwide. Justice League yeah. shouldn't be a tentpole for a year. Justice League should be a tentpole for like four years, like an entire World yeah. Cup cycle. Uh-huh. Justice League should it's, anchor that. It's got freaking Batman and Superman in it, and that's yeah, the, and Wonder Woman. So it's like the yes, biggest Wonder did it Woman make money yeah. theoretically? Yeah, you're right. Absolutely, that that's a huge point. Yeah, you got Wonder Woman right. So now you have that supporting mm-hmm. slash co lead character that's crushing it. So that's the point. It's like everyone's like, well, it made money. And it's like, but they, they don't want it to make money. They want it to fund their next 50 movies. Yes. 
Yeah. And so, yes, it is yeah. a huge disappointment. That's a bummer. Yeah, I don't know what they do there. I but but I I have a feeling what you're gonna what part two of this story is, <laughs> yeah. and it couldn't so be we, at a better time. This yes, like yeah. if you told me this story six months ago, I'm like, oh, if this this news comes off Wonder Woman, we're both over the moon. We're super excited. Mm-hmm, we go okay, mm-hmm, now they're right. getting it. They're understanding what people to pick, and this still could be true because like one movie does not a bad director make, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. just kind of serendip you know in classic wb slash dc fashion they announced their next kind of killer we're all gonna go out to see and it is what brian so ava ava duvernay has been brought on board to direct fresh off wrinkle in time (laughs) right yeah she'll be directing new gods for dc which Mm. is based on a very popular uh comic book run uh that features Dark side and somebody else. I'll have to look up the. I texted with our buddy Ariel. Anytime there's a yeah, a, a nerd question, I uh, I you look I in the mirror in and then if he doesn't know, you ask <laughs> right. Ariel. If, yeah, yeah, if that guy doesn't know, <laughs> uh, if it <laughs> yeah, if that guy just starts repeating back <laughs> rosters from the mid nineties Mavericks teams, then I'm like, oh, I gotta I gotta talk to Ariel instead. So uh, I'll I'll pull up the DMs here. Smokey Walker. While you're talking, <laughs> but uh, uh, how dare you mention Smokey? <laughs> no, so it's a it's a world. It's a big world. It's a very popular uh, comic book. Okay. As far as I can tell. Now here's the thing, it though. It's what's important. Basically. What people in the comic book world, uh, I think, overlook is: is it popular in that world, or does it reach out beyond that? Right. Right. That's a very good question. Because that, that I, mean, I, I don't care. I mean, make to. whatever movie you want. If yeah. it's awesome, it's awesome. Let's introduce new people to right. it. But like, if it's mediocre to not good, and it's mm-hmm. just yeah. a super diehard popular comic book world, just like any subculture, mm-hmm. it's not going to gross any money. Right. It's got to. Yeah. So here's what Ariel told me. This is the. Because uh, I, yeah. I was like, what does this mean? I have no clue. And he said, the basis is that. Uh, there are two true gods of the universe, the High Father on New Genesis and Dark Side on the planet Acropolis. Sounds like a good place. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's that'd be a fun way to do it. Mike Schur is in charge. Um so the two planets are at a stalemate battling each other, I guess, for millennia, and Dark Side is trying to find the anti life equation, which is a This sounds accessible. I'm in. To allow you to I think kill we're all in. Magically. I think we're all just going to take yeah, our grandma's so to sounds, this. It, yeah, exactly. That sounds interesting. I like that. Here's what DC is doing right: is that and and that Marvel slash Disney still is not there yet. Is they're hiring different voices? They're hiring female, yeah, female writers, totally. female directors, which is great. It worked that is- beautifully with. Uh, Patty Jenkins and and Wonder Woman. Yes, and uh, and Ava DuVernay is like the name. Even I think even after. A wrinkle in time, though we still have to kind of let that sink in a little bit. That's part of it. But anytime a movie, a big franchise movie, uh, and we we know this firsthand because we, you know, we're, we're never gonna we're, we don't break news. I don't know if people know that or not. Maybe I shouldn't let them inside the behind the curtain. We but spray. We don't it. ever break news, but we'll, <laughs> we'll, you know, we tra- hey, we Classic. try. You know, sports I'll, radio, joke whatever, there. whatever drops on Twitter. I'll one of us will usually send out a tweet and comment on yeah. what's being said. And even by one of us, you mean lot, always you and never me. It's me 99%. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Uh, but 
if there's ever like for instance john favreau recently was put in charge of a new star wars tv show mm-hmm. and uh, he's gonna write and i think direct at least some of it and whatever blah blah, blah. very cool and everybody everybody who replied to us who had a criticism of that it was and i, and I think it's a fair criticism was when is uh when is disney going to start hiring female writers and directors to do these sort of things and the name that is always mentioned is is ava duvernay why isn't ava duvernay giving getting these opportunities and blah 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 blah. so she's getting that opportunity here i i like that i think that's, that's great awesome. i think dc is a that is like maybe the only area in which dc is ahead of uh, or excuse me, Warner Brothers is the head of Disney. On, Absolutely, on these that's awesome. Platforms, which is great, but th- the- that's where Marvel's just gonna <laughs> but- like tomorrow be like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, guess what? Catherine Bigelow's directing. Yeah, and exactly. Gonna be like, oh my yeah, gosh, yeah. yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. just and just kill the news cycle and everything. But but you're you're 100 right. It it could not come at a yeah. worse time for her or for not not for her. Honestly, it's a good time for her because if she, it gives her immediately the opportunity, this is like Boom. the Michael B. Jordan with. Uh, with uh, Fantastic uh, Four, yeah, to to Creed, like he just immediately that that movie has kind of haunted a little bit with Miles Teller, yeah, and uh, what's the girl's name? Uh, Kate Kate Mara, the woman's name, excuse me, Kate Mara. Uh, I don't want to get angry emails. Again, but, <laughs> I so, do. Um, she, those two are kind of haunted by it because, and, and Michael B. Jordan avoided it. One because Michael B. Jordan's awesome, but two because he followed it up with Creed like two months later, and everybody completely forgot about Van Forstick. So, uh, at least his <laughs> his role yeah. in that movie. So it's good for her. And she well, and to be fair, dude, Trank is killing it. So there's that too. <laughs> yeah, but she gets a chance to just immediately make another blockbuster yeah. and show that you know whatever happened with a Wrinkle in Time happened and it's over. And I hope it's awesome. Can, see, it could be I cool. I mean, really good it sounds. Yes. It sounds way out there, doesn't it? Like that's right. a problem. It sounds very hard to adapt, which was the issue with yeah. this, which would scare me uh-huh. if I'm not only am I, if I'm a fan of hers, which I am, because I love mm-hmm. Selma. We all love Selma. Uh, but even if I am her, that's you know, it's like oh yeah. crap, I signed yeah. on to this other very hard to adapt thing, mm-hmm. and you know, not only is A Wrinkle in Time kind of not eating it critically, but it's not the critical darling. It's like look, we were talking about this earlier. Like every critic wanted wrinkle in time to be awesome and it still was like meh you know so you know it's actually meh because we all were like this would be so cool if this was good a and then b it just did not really connect at the box office so that's scary yeah. to do that again because you know whatever but i mean there's things you can do with casting and and again like this is the thing we always talk about like everyone talks about the uh the Rotten Tomatoes world we live in and how it's bad for cinema, blah, 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 blah. And that's that's true in a lot of cases, I'm sure. And there's points to be made. The counterpoint would be uh, you make good movies, dude, and they buzz yeah. they they, yeah. they they buzz uh, harder than ever, you know? And, and it's like if you mm-hmm. – if, if, you know, if my wife pops on her phone and sees something, you know, the first thing she does, she's not a movie person, but she'll, like, see something – you know, she saw a trailer for a Quiet Place the other day, the John Krasinski flick. Yeah, and she like first thing she did, Rotten Tomatoes. She's like, dude, that's at a hundred percent. I go, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be good. Yeah, and she was like, oh, I'll definitely. You know, so if you make good stuff, right. um, you know that that's the the yeah. positive of aggregators that they like solidify solidify buzz. So, sure, yeah, that's a hundred percent, and that that's another we're getting into it like a completely different uh-huh. conversation, but that, yes, it doesn't that's, sound that's like the, us. We're normally very on track. 
<laughs> yeah, this is your first time listening. We have never once gone. <laughs> it's normally on. very recommended. Being here to the bullet really points, absolutely. Up. Yeah. <laughs> no, so you I, quick I think thirty uh, minutes on Cedric Sabalos and then get to the review. <laughs> yeah. So I was watching Amazing Race, uh-huh. and uh, no, um, yeah, like I. I like that DC is taking the chance. The Warner Brothers is rolling the dice there, and some not on necessarily on Ava DuVernay, but on the property because that's a. It does sound cool. I'm interested. Um, it will still. I'm interested from a like uh, in a vacuum, I guess. Because yeah. as I have said many times before, I will never be interested in another or or anticipate another DC Warner Brothers movie until they make three good ones in a row. Even, so and you know what, dude? Being Even DC too. Warner Brothers, there's a great chance that uh, this will die because that's what they do is just run directors out of. <laughs> Out of the off the lot, apparently that's like a big thing that they're into. Uh, so I, look, I don't know. It, it's it sounds really pretty far out there, and maybe that is ultimately what could make the thing work for. But I I must say that A Wrinkle in Time is the same thing. It's like kind of an unfilmable book, and that did not play at all. And when you, you make kind infinite of combine those two things, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you kind of combine those two things, and then just kind of slide in there, like, hey. Uh, Warner Brothers, the people who are making decisions there still <laughs> don't have a clue what they're doing. Uh, and there's still this kind of Snyder sneak. I don't know, man. I, I've said a hundred times before. I, I do like maybe the best thing about this move is that it is kind of outside of the existing canon of the films. And so yeah. you can have a little it has more an opportunity to have a fresh start. Yeah, there. yeah exactly. Like even if you pissed off a any lo- Batman, the loyalist, right? It's right. If you piss off the loyalist, rather. It's like mm-hmm. eighty thousand people, <laughs> if that. Right. Like you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. not it's not like Batman you're like, no. Batman's cape mm-hmm. is not pink. And my grandmother <laughs> agrees with that. It's kind of a you right, know, you can right. be a little more creative with it. Yeah. So that that's a plus. That's maybe the the biggest plus besides just, hey, you're hiring women. Good. That's awesome because others some of Dude, us are not. Have you not uh, read our Twitter and email? I sorry, I don't mean to break the fourth wall here, <laughs> listeners. Dude, we we hate women. We've made that very clear on the show. So yeah, all you have to do is check just play along, check our Brian, email from just, like two people. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, look, I I think it's I think that part is cool that it has the opportunity to kind of break free, but it's that's a that's a that's a roll of the dice from a totally. subject. That's tough. So you know, we'll it's look, we'll it's it's hey, you know, it's like in um. It's like an Olympic diving. Uh, here, get, buckle up. It's wow. It's like We're an Olympic diving. You know, if you go for the super high difficulty, you know, ten flips and a backflip and a spin, and you belly flop at the end, and then you <laughs> climb back up on that on that board, and you go, "I'm going to go a little bit. I'm going to go with a higher degree of difficulty." Maybe you'll nail it and you'll win the gold medal. You know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of that, you know, you could just dive off and just dive in and do something safe and everyone's happy and you you know, you'll, you'll secure the bronze medal, but there is something kind of appealing about, I think, and and attractive that she's choosing to like, no, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to get this. Mm -hmm. You know, I have faith in my skill. I'm going to go high degree of difficulty. You didn't think I'd bring this diving analogy home, but I totally did. And, you're going to go for it again and, and, and kill it. And, uh, we're all rooting for her, uh, because we all, we like her and we super like what she represents in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, in this industry, that's like, 
a bunch of dudes that look like me and Brian. And so that's cool. Like, I hope she succeeds, but that's a risk. It That doesn't mean there's not risk and the risk isn't real because it totally is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. That's, that's a good way to, to wrap it up. Wrap it up. Um, hey, I've got some shout outs. If you're interested, I'm not. In so that let's move on. Sort of. Um, okay, cool. Good. good. <laughs> no, no, let's hear them. I'm now excited. We're back to normal. So in a second here, we're going to bring on a guest. We get all of our guests. If you're again, if you're new to the show, we get all of our guests via our it's a reset. Uh, we have sit in here. Li- you're, you're, we've got <laughs> we're live with Pat Forty, ESPN, <laughs> Yahoo Sports. <laughs> uh, so we get our yeah. We most of our guests either come from Yahoo Sports or from our uh, our VIP club. You can go to madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. It'll take you to a Patreon page and uh, we'll kind of show you what we what kind of wares we have uh, in exchange for your hard-earned cash. We'd love for you to join. Uh, the big selling point is throwbacks and some bonus episodes that we do over there. And uh, we love to uh, we love the support that we get from our VIPs and the uh, continual encouragement, and hopefully we're making that well worth their their mighty dollar. So today I have some shout-outs. Uh, if you join the VIP club, you get your name called out on this here podcast slash radio show. So here's my here's our shout-outs for today. Thank you so much to these 10, I assume, lovely people. I, I mean, that I don't know be. most of them yeah, personally. Could they could be all terrible people, but uh, we're, we're fine with that as, as long as they're also members of our, of our club. So thank you so much to these lovely people, to Lauren Clifton, to... Araba Sadiq. Let me know if I completely destroyed yeah, that one. Yeah, if we keep it destroyed, we, uh, if he over 80% destroyed it, we'll say we'll try again next month. Yeah, let us see. Exactly, yeah. Frank Montague the third. You like him, Richard, because he's a, he's a third. So you, you like anyone with... with uh, <laughs> anyone beyond Junior is a, is a favorite. Yeah. Richard well. <laughs> uh, to Ryan Provost, to Dalton Luttrell, to Anthony Schumacher... Uh, who will be on an episode later this year, to Tan Priak, who's our first VIP from Germany. And I got to tell you, Tan, Richard and I were pretty stoked to see that one come across. We love Germany and, and everything. Yeah, German. I got a buddy who listens to this show back in Germany. I'm going to give him a shout-out, too, because I got a buddy from high school. He hasn't VIP'd, which I don't blame. If you're a, bu- if you're a friend of ours, that's yeah, fine. you're friends with us. Tobias Jan. Toby, my nice, main man. Nice. Yeah. Also, shout-out to... Tobias Harris as well. Uh, (laughs) I'm a big fan of the show. Uh, To Jared Clancy, to Kisten Dowler, to Angela Coppola, and to Valerie Fair. Thank you so, so much to all those fine, lovely people for joining our VIP club. If you're interested, again, go to madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. Join the club. Lots of exclusive fun stuff, and you get your name called on the radio. What could be better than that? Nothing, my friend. I agree. Every time my name is called on the uh, pod slash radio, my heart swells like the Grinch. Um, <laughs> by the way, did you see the Grinch trailer? Yeah, it's kind of weird. I'm interested. It's kind of weird. I'm more on board with this than uh, we talked about it than the uh, than the Jim Carrey version. I ride for the <laughs> animated version forever, but I'd only be sure. more interested yeah, in if it was 45 minutes long. All right, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna step away. We're gonna we're gonna play an ad here. Support the show, and uh, then we're going to come back. We're going to have a guest. We're going to talk about Tomb Raider, and I know what you guys are all thinking, and I think you should stick around for the review, right, Brian? Yeah, 
Yeah. I think you're all going to be surprised by this review. (laughs) All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Uh, We'll be right back after this. Let me take this time to tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. If you own a small business or if you're hiring and you just can't find the right person, you need ZipRecruiter.com. What you do is you post your job on ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter then learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply for your job. In fact, 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate through the site in just one day. The right candidates are out there, and ZipRecruiter can help you find them. So right now, our listeners can go for free and post their job at ZipRecruiter.com. That's right, yes, for free. Post your job for free. Find the right candidate in just a day at ZipRecruiter. So go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. And that's why ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. And we are back. Uh, What's going on, man? We're going to talk a little Tomb Raider here. I'm here with Brian Gill and a very special guest. Uh, we got a VIP. Yeah, we got a VIP in the house. Uh, We've got Simon Shell. Simon, say hi to everybody. Hello, everyone. Nice to be here. We are very excited and feeling very uh, fortuitous tonight because not only is Simon, Simon is from uh, San Diego, Southern California, but Simon is originally from, uh, where are you from, Simon? Give us a little background. I'm from Sweden. Yes, I'm from Alicia Vikander's country. There you go. There you go. All I know about Sweden is that they produce top-notch furniture that causes a lot of fights between myself and my wife and <laughs> Alicia Vikander. So one of those things I love, I'll let you guys decide <laughs> <laughs> which ones. But we're excited to talk and about And again, I wish you would stop involving me in your fights with your wife. I would love to not be in those. But uh, anyway, sure. Yeah, carry on. Well, Brian, look, the podcast starts a lot of them. And so in my view... <laughs> It's your fault. No. no, we're excited you're here, Simon. We we couldn't be more thrilled. And again, we, Kent uh, sends his apologies, uh, but his his hot air balloon got off. It got off uh, direction, and he landed in 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 New Mexico. So he's walking home, and uh, until as, until as Uber is in range. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's a strong breeze. Their mothership. <laughs> no, we're well, excited. Thank you. We're excited to watch Tomb Raider. So uh, let's get right into it, team, because we've already had a good movie news segment and worked our way into that. So uh, I guess I'll start with you, Simon. Uh, yeah. What, yeah. Do you have a sort of? I'll ask you a few questions leading up. Number one, uh, mm-hmm. were you are you a Tomb Raider franchise fan, or did Alicia Vikander kind of bring you into the the series as a as a country woman? Or two, what were your uh, thoughts going into this? And then kind of what were your thoughts after seeing it generally? Uh, what, what did you think? What did you like? What didn't you like? And, and, and go from there. But I want to hear kind of your background going in first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I must say I'm not really invested in the franchise. Okay. It's not one of the franchises that I really care about that much that I, I get pissed if they change something or I get pissed if they, you know, do this or do that. Because I'm more, I'm more flexible in the way they could handle this movie. Uh, prior to walking in and uh, i i um yeah i played i played a lot of video games in the past but then when i grew up and i as i grew up i started to play less and less so i haven't really played the new tom brady games as much as i have i knew about the franchise before 
So I haven't mm. really followed the whole story within the game, right? But I'm still, I'm st- I was still excited, especially now when Elisa Vikander has a role uh, uh, to see the movie. Absolutely. But my, right. But so my expectations for the movie uh, originally wasn't that really, it wasn't that high. Uh, and I, you know, obviously it's not an Oscar movie, but I thought it was going to be a fun adventure, a good time, maybe get a few laughs in there and explore kind of this nice world within within Tom Brader, the universe, because uh, I think that you can do a lot with that. It's kind of a cool way to, um, it's, a, it's a cool world to live in and Absolutely. to play within, you know? So I thought it was going to be a fun adventure movie, but at the same time, uh, you know, I, don't, I wasn't expecting to think about it the day after, and mm-hmm. that's kind of what I get, uh, or what I got. So, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not disappointed but I—that's because I didn't expect much. Yeah, <laughs> if you see what I'm saying. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, so I thought that some things worked, and I really liked Alicia Vikander in this role as Tom Raider, or as sorry, not as Tom Raider, um, as Lara Croft. I really—I was really excited to see her doing something different from her previous roles because I've seen some of her, you know, old Swedish movies and then some of the newer American ones. And it's really fun to see her progress as an actor. And I thought this was this was going to be a really interesting role to see her play kind of this action hero and more fun movie than all the serious ones she has played in the past. And I thought she did a really good job within that character. Yeah. But then I thought that a lot of things didn't really work out the way the way I wanted them to. And uh, and yeah, so I have kind of mixed feelings between those two. I think. It wasn't enough for Alicia to be good to hold up the movie as a whole. Mm. Well, good. I think we're 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 very close to being on the on the same page, Brian. I'm going to throw it over to you. You know, Brian and I probably came to this very similarly. I I, I don't know if you played the video games uh, at all, Brian, because I know you're you're still working your way through that first Kirby uh, <laughs> video game. But uh, 20 years in, dude, you'll figure it out. Uh, no, but, but honest to God, you know, we both came into this, I think kind of pessimistic and it's mm-hmm. weird. This is weird in a, in a world now where everything is so hyper self-aware and I promise I'm not going to give my review right now. I'm going to throw to you, Brian, but where everything is super hyper, hyper self-aware and expectations are crazy and you have these properties, it's weird to go into something kind of pessimistic and come out. Not that, not that we were on fire for this, but it's like. This is a very capably made movie, and Brian, I want to throw to you. I, I think you're going to support a lot of what Simon said. Um, what did you like and dislike, and what were your kind of thoughts on the series going in be- beforehand? Yeah, I never played the video games. Um, I, I, I'm not a big gamer. Never have been, even as a as a youth. Was not a big you know, most mostly like sports games, and then like two or three times, a year, maybe even still, maybe once or twice a year now some game will come out and like oh that looks cool and i'll uh, and and i'll i'll kind of fight through it yeah. stuff but not never been a big gamer loser suit larry to, mostly all the new ones <laughs> right yeah earthworm gym earthworm gym to that gum uh oh, wow Good, go that's amazing amazing um you're the same person uh so <laughs> the tomb raider games always kind of creep me out a little bit like i just i don't know they they came out at just the right time in my life i think where um, <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed like everybody who was into the Tomb Raider movies or the Tomb Raider games, um, maybe was more interested in the assets of the <laughs> characters than anything yeah. else. And that just super creeped me 
Um, I just, you know, anyway, so never was a big fan of the, the move. The, uh, the first Tomb Raider movie, uh, which I started to rewatch this last week because we were originally going to do a, a, a throwback episode on it and then just decided there's literally nothing to talk about mm-hmm. uh, with that movie. But I started to watch it and it kind of I, just enough to where I was kind of reminded of like, OK, I, I know what this was. It's a bad movie. Uh, and 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 I, even at the time in 2001, I think is when that came out. And then the, the follow up a couple of years later, I was like, Angelina Jolie is really weird in this. It, it, it's just a weird it's a weird property overall. I was super completely unbelievably unexcited about this movie like whatsoever like i if kent hadn't bailed out this week there's a chance that i might have done the same thing because today was (laughs) i saw it today and it was one of those one of those days where uh just every place that i've like i tried to go at this time and it it didn't work out and i tried to go at this time and then i got a meeting all these sorts of things and so come about 1 30 this afternoon i was like this might not happen i don't know how i'm gonna get to this movie so anyway I uh, wasn't excited at all going in, uh, and and darn it if I didn't kind of enjoy it. I it's it's not <laughs> a uh, Richard and I were texting right after the movie, right after I saw it, and it was like I can't I cannot in any way say that that was a good movie, um, but it was fun and it was uh, enough. There's enough of a good movie in there to where you kind of think you know it could get better the second go around i think this is definitely getting a sequel because it's already made a good chunk of money especially overseas so i you know Mm -hmm. i think this is a Mm -hmm. franchise film and i never in a million years would have guessed going in that i would come out being like yeah okay i could watch a franchise of this and not hate myself and and yet that's kind of uh that's 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 kind of where i where i came out it's uh I will admit, I am a sucker for the kind of uh, the epic adventure sort of movie. I like that. Anything like this reminds me enough of Indiana Jones that I, I kind of get a kick out of it because I, I do love the uh, the three Indiana Jones movies. And so that's, you know, that it has enough of because that. Because there's only three. Uh, right, there's only three. I'll fight you uh, on this, Simon. Don't correct him. <laughs> yeah, really two and a half if we want to be. But no, um, <laughs> it's like, it, it's a... It's it's kind of fun. It doesn't go too far in on any on any one aspect of what makes it work or not work. Like it's not too video gameish to where you just be like, okay, that was just a video game made into a movie. And it's not too serious as to where you get to a point where you're like, gosh, why are you trying to make this such a such a drag? And it's not too over the top fun. Like it just kind of sits in the middle of all these various spectrums, and it's kind of a sloppy. Movie. I don't know anything about the director. And Simon, you may have to tell us how to how to how to pronounce. I'm not uh, even sure he's a real person. He doesn't. It was it was like a Siri situation. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of strange. And but but overall, I think I I came out thinking like I went in expecting, man, if this is better than like a C minus, I'll be I'll be thrilled just because it will have meant that my life hasn't been a complete waste of time up to this point and mm-hmm. instead i came out being like that was two or three steps away from actually being a kind of a good movie i don't so it's a it i don't know the grade is going to be i guess the grade is probably not going to reflect my relative enjoyment of the movie just because it's like it's not super quality but it wasn't terrible and that's i don't know in some ways that's a major achievement especially when you consider uh, Rotten Tomatoes today, and I don't, look, we've talked about Rotten Tomatoes plenty today. I don't want 
to come across as like that's the end all be all of everything. But they did run a feature today or this week of the 46 video game uh, movie adaptations. Rank them from worst to first on the Rotten Tomato score. And this is the best one of all time. Rotten Tomatoes wise. Which that it's not even a very high score. Rotten. Yeah, yeah, I know. But they're all they're all rotten. Fifty percent. So wow. that's anyway. Um Doom is? Was, that's surprising. Yeah, that's a yeah. great so you, ma- No, no, no. This is it. This is yeah, exactly. So like if you I don't know, if you kind of grade it on the curve, I think this is a tremendous success. If you just grade it as like straight up, is this a good movie or not? Yeah. No, but it's you know, it had its moments enough to where I didn't hate that two hours and it's two hours long that's great yeah it's great perfect go over that line so that's that's where i'm at richard how about you yeah man i mean it's like i you know a lot of what i thought is what you thought I, and so i won't uh i won't uh um i won't uh re re say what what you said but I, i'll i'll speak a little bit pa- part of the reasons why this is good is because she's great and yeah. mm-hmm. she, you know, she's for several years now been one of my favorite actresses because she's a very good actress. Um, she does picks really, she has really good taste in roles. She's stunningly beautiful, which I'll admit as a heterosexual male that that helps. <laughs> um, but I never really thought of her as much of a movie star because I always think of those things as two different things. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I firmly thought she wasn't, but I just kind of thought. Uh, it, you know, it never really occurred to me that she could like anchor or something like this. I don't know why. Um, there are other women that are less lesser actresses than her that I think of as more charismatic, kind of um, more movie star type uh, type people. So when I saw that this was happening, number one, I thought, Ugh. like, <laughs> oh my god, why are we? You know, the, they tried Tomb Raider when it was a hot property in the early yeah. mid two thousands, and it didn't work. With, by the mm-hmm. way, an Academy Award winning actress who's, you know, was much more, I thought, of a movie star type actress than, than Alicia mm-hmm. Vikander, and it didn't work. Well, Alicia Vikander is one, too. No, she is. Isn't I'm going gonna, gonna to get to that. No, we're going to get to that. Okay. But at, okay, the time, so. at the time, I'm thinking, okay, Angelina Jolie is, you know, to me, in my brain, my dumb brain before, like more of a movie star. T- t- no, I know Alicia is an Academy Award actress, and I think of her in that way, but I think of her more in the way of like, like a like a Rooney Mara type, or like you know more of a more yeah of yeah a, yeah I totally get like it. A, she's gonna do three movies every November December that are gonna be incredible and she's gonna be great in them and she's gonna be beautiful mm-hmm. and she's gonna be nominated and that's like its own thing but I don't think of her as like it's July and Elisa Vikander <laughs> and you know so and so are gonna fight aliens and you're like yeah you know. And, and Angelina Jolie had more of that, and it didn't work back then. So when they said they're going to going to to uh, to uh, re- remake this or you know revitalize it in a way, it's like okay, ugh, why? This is a franchise that hasn't worked. Elise Vikander, that's a weird choice. Like she's great, but like for this, blah blah blah. And you see the trailer, and it's like, well. Okay, whatever. I mean, it looks professionally made. And then I got in there and I was like, first off, she's incredible and she's a movie star. So I'm ready for three more Tomb Raiders, like you said, Brian. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a franchise, and you're going to release them every mar- every other March, and we're just going to expect what we expect. I'm all in on that. Like this is, and I told Brian, I was like, we never really text normally, Brian, about 
reviews. Right. I just kind of right. this is one for some reason I wanted to text you about because I wanted to kind of convince you uh, of whatever <laughs> it is. You know what I mean? Like because I could kind of sense you were like out. On, I knew Kent. Well, Ken's out for other reasons because you know he's got wrestling to see or whatever. And uh, <laughs> and uh, no, but uh, like I wanted to be like this is worth because I saw it early because the way my schedule worked out. Wow, that wasn't that wasn't bad. I was actually quite good and, and or quite entertaining it. And so I text with Brian about it afterwards. Like she, you know, she really carried that in a way that unexpected to both of us. Um, yeah. And I'm so excited now because it's like now there might. I this is the kind of movie where it wouldn't surprise me. I'm trying to think of what what is similar. It's a kind of like Spider Man, where it's like this the the original Tobey Maguire Spider Man, where it's like the second one. Now it's like okay, we know what we're doing. We have our star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to make yeah. it ten times better now that we know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if the next, if they do another one of these, if it wasn't really, really, really good. Whereas this is just like medium to good. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I really, uh, I found it much more enjoyable uh, than a lot of the hype going in, and I'm glad it's made some money. And she's fantastic, and put her in everything. I already thought put her in every like heady drama. Uh, now, right. now it's like put her in it, put her in Star Wars, put her in Marvel, put her. She's uh, fantastic, much like her spouse. You know, it's like Michael Fassbender's great in really heady Oscar award winning Steve McQueen film, but I feel like he he's also great as Magneto, and you had to see him as Magneto before you believe that. And now, mm. and this is kind of her that that role for her, where where it's like, oh, she does this too. Oh my. Wow. Right. Okay. Awesome. Well, it's like let's put her in everything. I just thought. Uh, so. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm. 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 I'm kind of on fire for her now as like a as a as a big movie star, um, and it's great because she's a great actress. And as I've mentioned before, I always talk about. I told Brian about this like Venn diagram. There's this uh, Venn diagram of attractiveness. Like all women think dudes are attracted to like these super wafy models, and dudes are attracted to a different type of person and there's obviously variation between but the the middle of the venn diagram everyone can agree at least if it can is stunningly <laughs> gorgeous across all whatever you're into right. like whatever we're all like she is unbearably gorgeous and uh and then happens to be an incredible actress and a really nice person it seems like and now after this a movie star so isn't that yeah. great Mm-hmm. Um, so, the uh, first thing I thought walking out was like how much better Rogue One is if you just swap her yes. into place of, uh, <laughs> of Felicity Jones or yeah. whatever her name is. And Felicity Jones is a cool actress and, and, and beautiful and all that, but for whatever reason, she didn't have the charisma, uh, mm-hmm. that Alicia had in this. And, and you're absolutely right. And if you, and, and, and by the way, if you substituted Diego Luna for literally anyone, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We talked about this. Just, what was it during? Was it during the Oscars, Brian? When uh, uh, Gail Garcia Bernal? Yeah, uh, is that? Am uh, I saying yeah, that correctly? Guy yeah, yeah. yeah. A guy from Coco. He sang a song. He's not even a very good singer, but he's like enormously beautiful and incredibly <laughs> charismatic. And I was like, <laughs> if you had sub Diego Luna from the, I, I was with a bunch of women at 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 my uh, at when I was watching the Oscars. I had a ton of women over, and uh, and, and men. Uh, and and but but a ton of women and, and men that were into and and like he came on screen and everyone in the room was just like immediately in love and just like so <laughs> you know what i mean he just has whatever that is right you know one out of two thousand people have it and he has it mm-hmm. and guess who doesn't have it diego luna because he's a fine actor but there's no charm there and uh that that would have been that could have been a 
there. But Simon, okay, let's get more specific. We're going to go into uh, let's go let's go some negatives on this. I think we all kind of enjoyed it more mm-hmm. than we thought we would. Uh, Simon's Simon's fighting for country here. He's got the uh, World Cup flag <laughs> yeah. around his shoulder. But uh, but uh, what, what were some what were some nit- what were some nitpicks you had right. with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I really like what you said, Brian, about this being kind of a game making made into a movie, but also a movie, you know, that that, that play versus a game and a movie. And it's always sure. hard to, to create a movie out of this whole experience of playing a game. And I thought that they it really worked in some cases, like in the beginning, I really liked the first scene when uh, the animation and the voiceover started kind of like a game starts every time you started playing it. Sure. And then also there was one scene. Uh, it's not a spoiler scene. It's just like a scene where the camera follows her, kind of like in a third-person movement when she sneaks mm-hmm. around the tents and yeah. trying to hide from the guards. And I really liked that scene because it was kind of a a gameplay scene in a way. Yeah. And sure. it, and in my theater, you can hear the the audio from different places, like the guards talking and stuff. So it kind of felt like you were playing the game. But in other cases, and I, I'm coming to the negatives now, is that it's really, really fast-paced, which worked in some yeah. cases, right? But also, in other cases, it didn't really work when she was going to try to solve puzzles, right? And this mm-hmm. whole movie is about you know adventure and then also solving the puzzles. And playing the game, you walk around. like It's liter- literally really hard to like find out what to do because it's always yeah. so frustrating. But watching this movie <laughs> sure. every everything was running so smoothly so you didn't really have the time to be invested in these puzzles yeah mm-hmm. uh, you know you you were just supposed sure. to to you follow the ride uh, and so so you, yeah the, the whole thing about you know the main character Elise Havikander's character you know uh, just solving these puzzles in two seconds and then moving on to the next step mm-hmm. and I thought that that was kind of a a, a weird choice um, in terms of making this kind of into a puzzle, but uh-huh. I get it at the same time because it's an adventure movie and you want to keep the audience engaged all the time. But I, I thought that kind of made it made it it was too too fast paced in in some sense. Yeah, no, I think you're right there, and and I think that maybe the maybe that's the biggest problem as to why video games don't translate to movies very well is is it isn't as much as we try to kind of group it all in as as the same thing, especially with modern video games. Like you really, uh, like I'm reminded of the last of us, which was probably the last like real non sports or call of duty video game that, yeah. And, and they, you know, they're perpetually like trying to make that into a movie. And that is Mm -hmm. one case where you just say it, it, it is a movie and you don't need to make a movie version of it because that game that's yeah, that yeah. kind of like it breaks the wall between video game and totally. and movie and and it's great for it most video games don't translate like that and and you kind of see mm-hmm. that when you get to when you have the adaptation and you get to the movie and it's like it's kind of and this one is too to be fair it's it's the same thing it's kind of stuck between um like kind of being beholden to the the source material and we okay now we got to make sure we get in a really weird chase scene that makes absolutely no sense but it will feel like the video game and then at the same time it's like you get in there it i don't know it's like somebody says hey we should make a, a movie on tomb raider and you're like okay sweet i love the tomb raider games they're so much fun uh 
you know, Laura Croft is a great, uh, you know, very strong female character. We'll be able great. Awesome. And then you, you get in there and you start kind of fleshing it out and you realize that the plot for a video game is like 12 pages long, whereas the script for a movie is 120 pages long. And it's a different, right. it's just right. a different thing. And so I think that's where they get kind of lost in translation more than anything else is that, that you're just it like just a lot of novels do like, too, by the way. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Video mm-hmm. game is easier to see. It's, it's to your point, Rich, like it's much easier to be like video game movies suck because <laughs> there we haven't had any good ones yet. That's the thing we haven't. But but not yeah, yeah. the percentage of novel adaptations to become good movies is, is pretty low, too, in a lot of ways. And so, yeah, so I, I think like you get into this spot where you're like uh, kind of what you said, Simon, like you're enjoying the video game a- aspects of it with the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the action and the way it moves and stuff like that. And then the pacing on the plotting is really kind of clunky and doesn't work. And, and, and I'm almost, I, I totally agree with you. And I'm, but at the same time, I almost take the opposite angle of like, mm-hmm. I could, I could handle the, um, the action movie tropes and the adventure movie tropes that are, that just plague the script. Like there's almost nothing original whatsoever with right, until, right, you get, right. until you get right down to the end and including my biggest gripe with the movie, honestly, is the uh, there's just so many little throwaway dialogue lines that are just ripped from other action movies and that make no sense. In totally, this movie it's is like, like script filler. Being like, yeah, yeah, it's exactly what it is. The, the 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 biggest culprit being like pretty much everything Dominic West said the entire movie is just like. It I'm not even like sure he, he was there for the actual film. Ben Affleck movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was bro- like he the, was CGI'd in after the fact. Like we yeah, need some yeah. quips. Right. He was, was playing Jesus in another movie and so they brought him into this from the CGI. No. Um but like he like one line when they're going through the crypt and he's like that wasn't built to keep people out. It was built to keep people in and I'm like that doesn't make any sense at all here. That's the stupid thing I to say <laughs> at this point. But but to get back to the 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 video game aspects of it were kind of my least favorite parts just because it's not like, I like adventure. I like action. I like all those things and the way that, that it mm-hmm. moved, but you, especially early in the movie, you kind of have too much of this, like the camera pans up and she sees that there's a, like a jungle gym above her and she's going to climb across it just like she would in a video game. And I'm like, I don't, I've, I, I don't care about that. It just, it becomes, Almost like I guess cheesy might be the best way for me to put it over just like Absolutely. I don't I don't yeah. really need I don't need that note from the director with the camera tilting up and like letting you guys know, hey, we're about to do a video game sequence. Are uh-huh. you ready? Uh-huh. Like I don't I don't need that stuff. And I think that kind of gets lost in virtually all video game to movie adaptations is like that sense of like, well, it's a it's based on a video game, so we gotta make sure that everyone knows that it's based on a video video game and we we all know you know yeah, i don't yeah. I, those, those things don't need to be uh hit so hard to the point where it feels like the director literally is just like yelling from somewhere in the back of the theater like hey this is about <laughs> to be something from tomb raider 6 or whatever you know it just it's, it's yeah, kind yeah. Of <laughs> yeah those parts were super clunky brian you're totally right uh and simon though you're you're, you're right too this this does feel a little more and <clears throat> To be fair uh, to the earlier Tomb Raider 
adaptations. They're working off probably more limited source material than what this is working off because there's there's been since uh, sort of more fleshed out uh, because of technology and because of the culture and because of whatever reasons more fleshed fleshed out sort of uh, Tomb Raider games thus to to draw off on. So even if you're being super reductive and whatever it's it's like at least it's a better version of of what that was in 2001 um mm-hmm. but no u2 song this time so elevation um yeah uh mason Merritt just got really excited so mason dude sometimes you're living like a mole down up in the hole uh or whatever that awful line is by the way i like you too i'm not disparage um but i but i am uh but yeah so so that's there but there's there is i think i i think you're both kind of right there look wait, let's put this all over. again the perspective we put this in it's kind of the opposite of what we talked about earlier with the like ava duvernay and, and i know simon you weren't there, here for this when we were doing movie news mm-hmm. we were talking about ava duvernay is doing this kind of super high concept um dc film after doing wrinkle in time which was kind of um mm-hmm. uh right. she got some bad reviews because it's not so much for her because it's so impossible to film whereas this is like kind of kind of the same and kind of different in the fact that this could so easily be terrible mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. fact that it is mediocre is almost impressive or it is yeah, impressive totally. and the fact that we're all yeah. reviewing this with sort of a positive tone that this wasn't like i mean fantastic for josh trank or even the other ones bad <laughs> um but i think fantastic four is an interesting uh comp because you had two other films 10 15 years ago and then mm-hmm. they do this new one with this hot new cast and it's like even worse because it's like that type of movie making doesn't exist anymore and that's kind of what i was expecting from this six months ago and then yeah. like the marketing started hitting and it's like okay it's not going to be that but it's still not going to be good and then I saw one, it's like, it's, I, I don't know if it's good, but it's like one level below good. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, Brian, there's, there's, there's some really interesting cast choices in here on the supporting side. Uh, why don't we dive into those a little bit? Uh, let's start with Walton Goggins, who's had a kind of interesting run, uh, you know, post his kind of new renaissance on, on, on Justified and in, in, in television. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what did you think of him in, in here? So I'll start with you, Simon, and I'll switch over to Brian, who's a who's our Goggins expert. But did you like the supporting <laughs> cast and, and, and everyone else? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I liked the, his his performance in this role. I thought that he was believable in this role that he was playing. But at the same time, I thought it was kind of cliche and... and um, totally. That's fair. He he's fallen you know, into he, that he a lot. He was just there, and you didn't really get his purpose. And it's hard now coming out from you know Black Panther, where you get this you know evil guy. You get maybe almost his whole life story, versus this movie where you just see him at the island, kind of. So you don't really get his whole involvement within the story. But I but I like the character though, and I I, I like that he was there to. Um, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna head it off to you, Brian, and see what you think sure. about this. I have yeah, look, I, I I love I love Goggins. He's one of my favorite actors uh, from The Shield on into Justified, and and I that dude has been working. He's been a working actor since 1990, uh, and so. I, I'm a big fan. It's kind of like when uh, like Sam Rockwell is experiencing this right now where he's just getting he's getting a ton of roles. Brian Cranston maybe is the better example. Brian Cranston worked for years and years and years and years and he's just kind of plugging away and, and yeah. doing Same everything. Wally, he gets, <laughs> yeah, he gets the uh, Walter White role and, and everything opens up and since then, it's kind of hit or miss and you, I never blame him for John taking yeah, John Hamm too for taking some of those roles because it's like dude has been working for 25 years. If there, if somebody wants to now give him uh, 10 million dollars to be in a terrible James Franco movie, then by all means take that money. Goggins is is sort of similar in that you know working actor for a very long time doing really 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 good work uh, on TV and and some places in film, and now he's like kind of he's been discovered. I think discovered is a terrible word to use but he's he's becoming a popular choice as much because of uh his work with tarantino as for as for anything else and so it's like i don't this is not it's not a great character on paper it's not a good character it's in the script you know there's really no development there whatsoever Mm -hmm. um and and it's a throwaway it's a throwaway bad guy no question about that he brings something to the table that other people would not in this kind of a role and it's it's like uh i don't know if you replaced him with like i don't know jason patrick or something you know then it i think the movie alicia vikander is doing all the heavy lifting from the acting standpoint no question but i think if you replace him with a a lesser bad guy character actor it it goes down pretty quickly he just has like a it's maybe it's charisma or maybe it's like he's got this like kind of um intense know, legitimacy to yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's intense but it, it's even like his look it's not his words are incredible he's an incredible wordsmith and i love this is certainly not the property to like highlight his uh his ability on that front at all but he um he's just got this like kind of he's a unique looking person he kind of is like handsomely ugly in a way and and it's just and you add that into just his general presence and he's He's very, very good. So anyway, he's a favorite of mine. I, like I said, I don't think this is going to go the, the Walton Goggins highlight reel of, of, of uh, great stuff in his career when we're all said and done. But it, it definitely it definitely keeps the movie from drifting too far the other direction, I think. Whereas somebody else in that role, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that that lands so well. And by the way, Daniel Wu is kind of the same thing. I thought Daniel Wu was very good in that very throwaway limited role that probably three minutes of time was put into like developing that character i thought oh, yeah. he brought something with that the average fourth build actor would not have done absolutely i think that's uh no it's <laughs> that's an interesting thing and, and then uh brian you had a few more casting notes i know we talked about you were kind of fired up about this supporting cast Especially one note in particular. So I'm going to let you have your moment here in, celebra- in, in yeah. celebration. Look, we'll, we'll throw a sign and we'll start rounding up our grades. But, yeah. but let's hear let's hear your celebration right now. Yeah, I was. 
I texted Richard during the movie. And by the way, there was literally no one else within three rows of me. So it wasn't like I was causing a problem for, for anybody. But uh, <laughs> I just, <laughs> the first like five minutes, I just was sending you a list of pros and cons because I expected this movie was going to be really terrible. I told I was you it wasn't. Off. I prepped you. Before. I know, I know. <laughs> but like I was sending you things like, con it has bikes in it and i hate bikes which is a true statement i hate bikes and i i don't know anytime somebody's riding a bike in a movie i'm just like i'm instantly out <laughs> uh but a major pro for me is Derek jacoby the dude who like this old british guy from like gladiator and just the ultimate british character actor and i love him like anytime he shows up i'm just instantly in. This and was like the all really time, like, get me a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I have two weeks between stage productions and <laughs> just like, yeah, sure. Sure, we got you uh, Tomb Raider. Would you like? I don't know what that is, but send me the script. <laughs> yeah, my grandkids play it. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I love that guy. And I, I have nothing to back that up except that he just looks awesome and in, uh, he's really cool in Gladiator. I don't know. I have, I have nothing. I just love old British actors because they're all awesome, all of them. And they're all so much better actors than anyone else here. And it just, I don't know. I, as soon as I saw him, I was like, A+. plus. I'm in. I love this guy. Totally. All right, Simon, we're going to throw it to you for your final thoughts. Give your final note on this. And then, you know what? Let's just do grades. Let's do grades. What you liked, what you didn't like. And you're, we're going to let you go first and kind of bust this out here. What, what was, right. your, what yeah, was your grade? Yeah. So my grade is um i'm 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 you know i'm i'm i was battling between choosing c plus or b minus because i don't i wouldn't consider this one of the better adventure movies that i've seen but I, it was still a good time and it was kind of what i expected which which was a, a really fun and it was a fun movie and i smile every time when i see alicia vikander on screen so that was a good thing and she definitely brought something to the screen that would have been lost if she wasn't a part of this project. So I, I, I really liked her in this movie. And that's what keeps me above the B. So I'm going to give this a B minus. And I thought some things didn't work, uh, but mainly it was still a fun adventure movie. And uh, yeah, it, it brought it. So yeah, I'm happy I watched it. No, I, I'm, I'm with that. I ride with you, Simon. But Brian, go ahead. What's your grade? Yeah, man, it's... I, I I like the uh, I, I like where this is this is headed. It you you said it at the beginning, Richard. It's interesting to think that like if if you were to say this is the uh, this is kind of the the low bar for this perspective franchise and everything will perspective like it really has a a legitimate opportunity. I think to get better as it goes. I think this is a really it's a much more decent starting point than I just, I don't know. I'm just blown away by that. It's not a D or an F in some ways. And so maybe oh. that's, uh, that's kind of, uh, uh, messing with my, my judgment or my grade, but I, I enjoyed it. I would super not hate watching this again or again or again. I think it says it's cool that, um, it does cast Vikander in, in a slightly different light as to like her movie star abilities. And if this is like, if she does two or three Oscary and takes chances and ambitious films every couple of years and uh, and then like this is her franchise, this is where she gets to kind of slum it and get a paycheck and do then I'm here for it. I think it's I, I don't know. There's there's something to be said for the dumb, fun action movie that uh, isn't so dumb that it becomes offensive. <laughs> and that 
that's like mm-hmm. I don't know. Those totally. don't those don't seem to happen all that often in and like, even something like and Kingsman by the way, this is, is earnest. Yeah, 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 this is earnest. It's like it's yeah. not like Fast and Furious, where it's like we're gonna be big and dumb and loud, but kind of wink at you and win your charm that way. That's true. Yeah, which yeah. is and like, we love that. Stuff, by the way, I love that stuff yeah. too. But this is like a unique thing that all, I told Brian almost doesn't exist anymore. Where it's like super earnest and super cheesy in some parts, and like okay with itself, and you know, it's not like it's not. It's not cashing in on being self-aware. It's cashing in on having some quality parts to it and being okay with sure. being a, a, me, a mediocre movie. And it's like, that mm. doesn't exist anymore. Like I told Brian, the yeah. last time I remember that existing was like the rundown or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So anyway, sorry, not the takeover, but yeah. go ahead with no, your No, no, I think, I think you're spot on. Like this, it's weird to say that. It's weird to say that we don't get a lot of... Um, <sighs> dumb action movies that aren't awful but we don't we really we we really don't it, it's it's a lot of 400 million dollar budgeted transformer movies and then fast and furious and then marvel movies you know and it's mm-hmm. this is kind of operates in the space in between and i i don't know i like that and i like that that kind of movie can exist and uh if if i could get somebody to come in for for the second uh the second uh, for the sequel if I could get somebody to come in, I don't even mind the director, but if I could get somebody to come in and clean up the script and just be like, hey, director guy whose name I can't, I super cannot pronounce, like, you don't get to Simon add in these terrible, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't get to add in terrible dialogue choices and let's just, like, remove 20% of the action movie cliches and I think the next one is good, like, and really fun and really enjoyable. So, anyway, the longest grade ever, but for me... <laughs> I would have expected going in like best case scenario, I'm C minus to to a D, and instead I'm like that was that was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. And I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna give it a B, and that will look terrible on my tombstone somewhere down the line. But or my Rotten Tomatoes meter, somebody will be going through and be like, what the crap you gave this? But anyway, I I I I had fun with it, and that's maybe that's all I'm, that we're supposed to ask from this particular movie so it's a it's a b for me richard where do you stand on all this bro i already gave my thoughts uh kind of cutting on you there so i'm gonna go quick i'm gonna go i'm with you brian i'm gonna go b as well and part of that if i watch it a few more times like if it comes makes the rounds on cable maybe i'll go down a little bit maybe it'll go up a little bit Mm -hmm. that would be surprising but like given my expectations and the other crap we have to put up with this time of year most of the time in this kind of time slot or release spot this this probably is an A plus given that uh, sort of criteria, but I'm gonna go ahead and give it a B um, on that. I thought it was super watchable, uh, super fun. Kind of the um, it's gonna be on TNT or FX for the next ten years all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I'm totally down with that. So so cool. All right. Well, uh, good reviews there, Simon. Awesome having you on. Appreciate it again, Simon. Why don't you stay on board? Let's give mm-hmm. a little weekly recommend. <laughs> You on board, buddy? Awesome. Awesome. Let's do it. Weekly recommends. All right. It's that time. It's that weekly recommend time. We're going to start with our guest of the week, Simon 
This better be good, man. You got to better pull your weight. This better be a great recommend. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Let's hear what you got. All right. Yeah, so I hope you guys haven't recommended this in the past. I was looking through some old episodes just to look through to see you haven't recommended this because I think that this might be up your alley. Uh, I'm not sure. Might might not be. But I'm going to recommend a Netflix movie that came out uh, a while ago. It's called A Futile and Stupid Gesture. Oh, yeah. And... Mm. Yeah, have you guys seen it? I have. I have. I don't know if Brian has. I haven't yet. It's on my queue, but have uh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Gruber. We didn't ask uh-huh. you the questions. Before you get into this, I'm sorry, I was a bad host. <laughs> I fell down on my Ken job. Have you seen McGruber and have you seen Now You See Me? Let's hear those thoughts now. Yes, and yes. They're both Yeah, incredible. it's kind of a funny story. Yeah, they're both super incredible. <laughs> let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear your funny story. All right. So, yeah, no, actually, when I was a kid, I really wanted to be a magician. So this is a story about Now You See Me. Uh, And uh, when I watched the movie, (laughs) so between when I was like 12 and 15, I really wanted to be a magician. And then so I was really excited for this movie. Did you know girls were a thing or no? Cool. (laughs) That's what I I, that's why I wanted to be a magician. (laughs) I did all these magic tricks. How does Sweden Uh, work? I don't know. I'm confused. No, good. (laughs) But so coming out of the movie, I was actually excited for it. I thought it was good. And then I started to listen to your guys' podcast. And I don't remember who it was, but one of you guys said that during a review of the movie, you said that it's Hollywood's like biggest magic trick for its audience. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, I've been tricked this whole time. <laughs> the closer so, you uh, are, yeah, the less you'll start. see. That's, that's yeah, always that's, the thing. I, I they told you that right there in the tagline. Yeah, I watched way too close. Yeah, yeah. So uh, now, now I'm thinking critically about movies. Good for but yeah, you, man. Should... God, we can't see yeah. that. But anyway, continue. Pardon me. You tell... Yeah, Brian, right. you got to see this. You tell so... stupid gesture. Uh, it's about the Lampoon and the founder, Doug Kenny. And coming from Sweden, I did not know about the National Lampoon a lot. I've seen some of the movies, but I, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it was a magazine before and, and all that kind of stuff. So it was really interesting to, to follow the founder, basically, of the National Lampoon and, and his journey to like... It, it's, it's a comedy, the movie. Uh, but it's super funny, and it follows his his career basically into creating this national the National Lampoon and how that changed comedy in the American culture and the Western culture. Absolutely. So uh, it's a super interesting movie for people who don't know. Yeah, and it's someone know that the second that uh, Simon and, and great recommend. It's someone that outside of comedy nerds uh, isn't really known and is is probably every bit as influential as someone. Uh, like a Warren Michaels or even a Bill Murray or Chevy Chase or people you really think from that era as, as comedy mm-hmm. icons is someone that uh, had a part in that every bit as much and is, uh, is, is definitely warranting of a, of a deeper look. And, and while the film is funny and sort of very David Wayne and zany and in its own way, I, I think very uh, sentimentally tells that story. Right, Simon? Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. I found, I found it to be a very sweet, touching uh, biopic with a lot of it is, bizarre yeah, comedy yeah. as well. Yeah, I, I like recommend. the choice. Killer yeah. recommend. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's on Netflix. So all of you can just, uh, after you finish this podcast, pop that on because that's uh, that. Not only is that on Netflix, not Netflix rather. It's uh, it's featured, and so if you pretty much if you open Netflix, it'll be probably in your first few swipes of of recommends. To all of you. All right, Brian. 
Let's hear a recommend. Great recommend, Simon. So I'm going to recommend a book. Um, I a little behind the the curtains. I'm I'm trying. I'm in the process. I used to Twilight. write a lot, a lot. It's Twilight. Not like yeah, Gotta Twilight, but only the third book. Uh, the first two are terrible, but the third one is where it really, really finds its magic, if you will. It's um, called a clip, Brian, but cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to. I'm I'm in the process of trying to write a book. I used to. I used to try to write books a lot, free podcast days, and uh, I'm working on one now that will probably also Were they never er- erotic the day. Uh, yeah, very Mormon, erotic and, Mormon vampire yeah. fiction. <laughs> My main uh, main objective is to create the first die, die, die. Uh, Mormon vampire trip. No, like, I'm I'm slow. I'm trying to write a book about basketball, and, and it's very slow going. And I'm not a good writer, and it's it's frustrating. But so I'm I'm like immersing myself in uh, nonfiction and the, the type of stuff that I'm uh, sort of trying to write because I I find that when I'm uh, if I'm writing a lot of uh, narrative or or fiction stuff, then I want to be reading fiction, and if I'm trying to write nonfiction then I, I, I want to be reading nonfiction. So anyway, I'm, it's a very long start to just to say that uh, I've been, I read this book once a very long time ago and have kind of uh, been, have made a point of going back and re-immersing myself in it because it is probably the best uh, book about basketball ever written. And it is definitely the best sports writer of, of all time. And that's, the Breaks of the Game by David Halberstam. Uh, Halberstam, excuse me. Uh, uh, I'm listening to it actually on on uh, on audiobook, and it is immediately like I've listened to probably three of the seventeen hours just today, and it's an immediately reminder of like, gosh, this is such an incredible book. Uh, I don't think, and Richard, I'm I'm assuming you've read this book at some point, so maybe you I can have. Add yeah, yeah. yeah. To it. Great book. Um, I don't think you have have to be a basketball fan or a sports no, fan yeah. really to like it because he's such an incredible writer and it's much more the story of like these people it's all about the uh the 70 uh 78 79 trailblazers. portland trailblazers yeah. uh who had gone from very quickly went from the best team in basketball to kind of middle of the pack and all based on some stuff that it some of it was their own doing and some of it super was not just some really bad breaks which is the title of the book. So that's yeah. kind of what it's, what it's all about. And it's, but it's much more interested in like the human side of all these people than like this guy averaged 23 points per game and six, re- you know what I mean? It's, it's a, it's a human interest story as much as uh, totally. a sports book. And he's a brilliant writer. Yeah, I mean, he wrote, he wrote some sports book as sort of a hobby, right? He wrote the education yes. of the coach, which is the great Bill Belichick book from 05. He wrote a Michael Jordan book, but he also wrote incredible uh, political histories like the best and the brightest, which is like the best Vietnam book. It is the Vietnam book uh, that everyone loved and read, and this that kind of things went into that. He wrote the fifties. Uh, he wrote the coldest winter, which I think it, that's a Korean War book. I mean, he 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 he's the king of nonfiction. He died in a car yeah. wreck uh, or car accident, rather very sadly, uh, probably about ten years ago. Um, yeah, uh, eleven years ago. Uh, and and David Halberstam was a was a total brilliant. Uh, nonfiction writer, and if you're interested just in that, um, read any of his books. Uh, yeah, this being yeah, one literally. of them, like you know what I mean. Even if you're like, I'm super into basketball, uh, so I read the breaks of the game, but I'm I don't care about the Korean War. Still read, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, 
uh, or I'm really into Vietnam. I read the best and the brightest, but I don't care about basketball. Still read breaks the game. He's like, he crosses over all things. He's a brilliant, brilliant man. And, and kind of all modern nonfiction, I think really, really spawns him. So, absolutely. Yeah. Great recommend. To call him the greatest sports writer of all time is probably an insult to how great of a, yeah, because he did it kind of on the side, you know, it's like saying (laughs) that, uh, it'd be like saying that, um, you know, uh, who's the, the band that all play like uh, uh, Mitch Album is the greatest keyboardist of all time. Like he plays in that <laughs> band with Stephen King and some people. It's not really what he does, but it's still like maybe he sure. is. You know, you know. Uh, cool. That's a that's a that's an awesome recommend. Simon, you're gonna like my recommend because your name's Simon. Uh, right. I saw a movie this weekend that's new out. Uh, I don't know if we're gonna do an episode on it. We're gonna try, but we kind of do this based off of box office uh, because that gets you know, most amount of downloads. Reaches the most amount of people. But there's a movie out called Love Simon out this weekend. It's a uh, it's a really fun, uh, good coming of age movie. They've had great marketing campaigns all across the country. I think this has the potential to be a thing uh, that that lasts for a while. But it's a it's a, a really sweet little movie, and uh, and it it's definitely worth seeing. It's kind of everywhere. Uh, so go see it if you if you want to if you want to go see something. Check out Love Simon, and that comes from me and my new friend Simon, who who I've met today. Uh, so, uh, so, so yeah, so, uh, that's about it. Simon, we're going to, we're yeah. going to s- sign off here. Where can I find you? Are you a social media guy? If not, just say no. But if I, if I were looking for you on social media, where would I find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Snapchat and all those places, uh, with this. I just searched Simon. Do you like to do drawings? What? No, go ahead. What's your, what's your, uh, what's your, it's Simical. S I M M E K A L L. That's where you find me. You can right. maybe find me on YouTube as well if you if you search around some. I'm, nice. I'm going to spend the rest of the night looking for you, Brian. Where can I find you? <laughs> you can find me on the Twitter at Beagle Twelve. You can find my writing at uh, MadAboutMoviesPodcast.com and the uh, third part of my aforementioned Mad About Spielberg series will drop sometime this week, and then also at the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter, which you should sign up for so you can get on the list for. The April newsletter. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me at all the social media at Richard Barden. You can find me at madaboutmovies.com. You can find me at the Mad About Movies uh, podcast newsletter, which came out today as we record this. So, like Brian said, you can find the new one out there. Uh, we also have just a little side note we have a new newsletter that's just like links and stuff we are reading and enjoying. Uh, that's just for VIPs like Simon. Uh, Simon, have you gotten that? Do you like that? Is that a good thing? Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. Totally what recommend a being a VIP. Yeah, VIP is the way to be. <laughs> yeah. um, absolutely good. I'm glad. And uh, it's so good to have you on here, man. Uh, it's so fun to have you, Brian. It's so good to talk to you. What a uh, random little episode that ended up being a good, good movie. Yeah. Come yeah, back another yeah. time. We'd love to have you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been, yeah. It's been our distinct pleasure. You enjoy uh, the desperate weather of san diego i hope you somehow survive it's harsh I know, I, it's I, super I, I, harsh. Yeah. what do you think what's 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 tougher on the winter sweden or or san diego just ballpark san diego yeah, yeah it's tougher diego. yeah it's yeah. tougher because you get that sea breeze much. yeah you get that sea breeze it's brutal it, it almost gets it's below 65 it's disgusting Gosh. yeah it's yeah. disgusting all right yeah, guys i want to be cold and freezing absolutely don't we all <laughs> that's where i want to live don't we all that's that's why you guys have all those serial killers All right, until next time, we will see you all at the cinema. Goodbye. Bye.
Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face They're making me ya ya Again. 